Hi everyone, I'm Paul Durham and welcome again to From the Market Square presented by Sheehan Finney. This is the second installment of our two-part podcast featuring Laura Brown, the owner and operator of Fox Point Oysters. We had such a great time recording in Little Bay that I couldn't limit it to just one episode. Laura is a great example of an entrepreneur who pivoted during the COVID pandemic to reach customers in a new way, going from selling primarily to restaurants to a direct-to-consumer model. She's also incredibly knowledgeable about her product and the environment. This episode runs the gamut, from a discussion about shellfish regulations, to a visit by a horseshoe crab, to sampling some of Laura's oysters right from the farm. Having said all that, it's time to get back in the water with Laura Brown. Wow. Are these these the would be, size or are these No, bigs? these would be the bigs and uglies. Yeah. But I have a guy that wants a bigs this Saturday. He said he wants them for grilling because when you grill them, they tend to shrink They up. shrank so the bigger the better. They're right, grilled. but I think the new food at a street fair should be grilled oysters on a skewer. And my neighbor did it with soy, honey, like sauce. Yeah. Oh my God, was it good. Because they literally a- taste like bacon. That with a hint really of good. the sea, and it's like the greatest And a lot healthier flavor. for you, probably, I would assume. Well, yeah, because there's no fat yeah. in oysters, so it's all protein. Yeah. Lots of minerals like zincs and seleniums and all the good stuff. I just want to see what's over here. So this is kind of marking out the ground site. Is this you in between these sticks, or is that some? Yeah, so yeah. this is, oh, see, look at these are gorgeous. Oh, wow. We'll actually walk back and just put those right in the cages. These cool. are beauties. So on my farm, it's mm-hmm. organized. This gets complicated, but there's sort of a square here. I just put out like 30,000 one and a half inch oysters. At that size, the crabs aren't supposed to get them. I know I'm gonna lose some still, hopefully not too many. Um, So that's what this is. But I had seen some down here, some bigger ones the other day that I haven't picked up yet. So I just wanted to kind of go on the edge of this and see what I get. Just have a a great eye. If you can spot these things, just looking through this cloudy water. I mean, (laughs) I'm like, how did you even see it? I can see the highlight. I mean, this one, I I couldn't see all these, but I knew they were under there because I dragged the cage. But see, like this size, a lot of this is just dead shell. Who's alive? Anyone? He's alive. He's just little. Crab can eat him easily, but hopefully he'll grow up in like another year, year and a half. But can the crabs get in the shell, or do they wait till the shells are open and they're feeding? Oh, they crush. They crush the shell, really? They're so strong. Oh. So uh, the rest of the farm. So this other, you see this little long, skinny, rectangular corral next to us? Yeah. The baby one next to us. That yeah. is an experiment that Sea Grant was doing. Okay. And I can show you that in a minute, actually, too. We can go check those out, see how they're doing. They got money, a lot of research money during COVID. Mm-hmm. Not a lot for Not to keep you in actual business, people necessarily, but to yeah. keep us in business. <laughs> yeah. But because of that, like Sea Grant kind of said, how can we help? Yeah. And they had been looking into doing certain projects. And we always have questions about our farms that we can't necessarily take the time to do the studies. So they were doing our 10,000 oyster mini reefs on our own farms. And they said, we want to test a couple different things, including how do they grow just in one year. So in the fall, we put them in and measured them. And then they came back just recently in the spring, measured again, and we looked for mortality, growth, and then any set. Um, the oyster is called spat, spat on shell. Uh, and then they would record that in sample sets. So um, this gave us a great indication of how our sites were doing. Right. And, you know, they said, if you want us to share the information among you all, we can. But it might just be like basic. Like we don't necessarily need to know all the details about right. each other. I don't think we all want to share quite all of that. But, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, intertitle versus subtitle versus things like that. So this is an example of an ugly. 
Oh, because so it be, once yeah. you shuck it, it all just drips out. Yeah. So it's like, eh. Yeah. So there are people that are like, if you give me a discount, I'll take the ugly. So I'm like, okay. Like, what else am I going to do at this <laughs> right. point? You know, when right. I usually just set them aside and then do something with them, like do them in a party or something, <laughs> get rid of them. <laughs> However, um, oh, here you go. Friends of ah. the farm. Your friend he, uh, Horseshoe Crab. Is he alive? He's very alive. Oh. And this is maybe the greatest feeling in the world, I think. It won't hurt you, but yeah. put your little fingers right here. Ooh. Is that the greatest, sweetest Yeah, thing? it's actually really sweet. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's not nearly as uh, oh, they're such as I thought it would be. sweet little creatures. They can't really grab you. Yeah. And it's just so, it's like a little soft hug. And what's this little pokey thing here? What does that do? That actually helps them flip back over. So okay. when they're like this and they can't get up, they'll find something to push again and it helps mm -hmm. flip them back over so that they can start kind of crawling away. Right That's now, so this isn't familiar to him, so he wants to stand, but is that the sweetest thing in the world? And so prehistoric. Are those the, are his eyes. Those are his eyes? Yep. And there's a third one. You know, I don't think I've ever really just picked up and yeah, sort so of looked at a horseshoe That's how they eat. That's their mouth? If they could eat an oyster. Okay, they don't eat oysters, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they eat. Like, I, I think it's scavengy stuff. Isn't well, that just imagine. the sweetest? Yeah. I mean, look at that little hand. It's beautiful. It is funny. Like, and he has he, an extra claw on that one. Come here. That top one. So this is not his mouth here or anything. Nope. That, that, so it's like his tail or yep. something, I guess. I would call it a tail. I don't know if that's the Probably right word the right for it. Term, I'm not, right? again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not so good at this stuff. Yeah. But like this hinge blows my mind. Look at that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Isn't it gorgeous? They go this way and they hitch rides with each other. They climb on each other. No Did you find a lot of them out here? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is great. There's a lot of research being done uh, from UNH. They do lots of yeah. horseshoe crab research. What other sorts of things do you find out here? Oh my God. Um, one year, the coolest thing ever, I was actually terrified. I'm not much of a rock sometimes. It was this like wiggly whitish gray. I was like, it's an alien brain for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was this, you know, like foot round mass. Uh -huh. And it was tucked right behind a couple of the cages. There's a few of them. I said, what is that? And yeah. luckily my sister was zooming over in her boat. Yeah. And I said, what is that thing? And she's like, what is it? And she like, Ripped a PFOS, dragged to the lab, looked at it under a microscope, and it was squid eggs. So oh. they came in. Somewhere. They find the cages are huge protection. Yeah. They love it. Huh. So they laid their eggs there, and then they take off. Yeah. And then they'll eventually go find their way back out to the ocean. But I was like, you got to be kidding me. I didn't know they came in here. Uh, seals. God, we've seen everything. The seals mm -hmm. come over if we're playing music. It's really strange. Really? If the music is loud enough, they come over. And I used to turn the music off. I'm like, shh, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll come closer. And then they would just go away. And we're like, what? And then we turned the music up once and they just stayed. They just kind of bob around about 30, 40 feet away and just kind of watch what we're doing. They're super cute. That's cool. Uh, great blue herons are all over. They love to use the top of the cages when they're exposed to uh -huh. eat crabs and to smash things on, uh -huh. which is just amazing. They're like my friends. Yeah. Uh, lots of jellies. Yep. Jellyfish have sort of their season and they all come like tumbling by. It's a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, but they're gorgeous. Just, just gorgeous. And as long as you have this kind of gear on, yeah, you have waders on and yeah. I just pull my sleeves down. Right. Totally fine. Yeah. Lots of fish. Stripers. People don't believe me. They all come fishing for them. They just about jump in my kayak with me sometimes. <laughs> this is the other great part about this, like, little eco-buddies, yeah. these oysters, is that their cages provide habitat for tons of different animals. Mm. Eels are all over the place, mm. usually the juvenile ones. Mm -hmm. On the top of the bag closures, they're that long piece of PVC pipe. Yeah. They'll just lay right out inside. Oh. Nothing can get them. Yeah. Right? They're totally hiding. Lots of little fish in here, and they're hiding from bigger fish. Mm -hmm. uh, Noah... National Oceanic Atmospheric uh, Association. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Uh, they did a couple different studies. I think they did an East Coast and a West Coast farm, and they put GoPro cameras on them. 
and they were able to track something like 300 species right. living on and around the cages. It's awesome. So it's like just not a bad thing to do. It's been part of the environment. It's yeah. such a good thing to do. Yeah. And then you get to eat them and make a business out of it selling them, yeah. right? So it's like, I don't know. If I had found this earlier, I think this would have been it. So, oh, do you want one? They're sure. so fresh. Yeah. And that's what I love about them. Like, I love fresh food. Mm -hmm. So I can absolutely appreciate this flavor and just be like, oh, my God. And I taste them throughout the different seasons. Like, I'll yeah. have one with you. But I don't sit there and crave them. Do you like them big or small? Just nice big one. I'll have to have you show me how to shuck one of these days. Oh, sure. So I can teach you all about them, too, after you have this bite full. But I will cheers with you. Hang on a second. Now, the people who do them with, like, the cracker and the Tabasco sauce, is that, yeah. Just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> no, I, know I, I always say, like, eat it however you want it. I don't yeah. really care personally. Yeah. Um, but I am more of a eat it plain to taste it. Mm -hmm. And then I do all the doctoring. Then put all, yeah, yeah, all yeah, all I don't really it. care. I like it. I like it with Tabasco sauce sometimes, too. Yeah. Lemon is such a nice brightener mm -hmm. if it's not all lemon. Yeah. So when I put it on, I put, like, two drops of lemon because mm -hmm. accompanying the salty yeah. flavor, it's awesome, right? Yeah. All right. Cheers, Cheers. My friend. Mm. Good. Right? Mm -hmm. Salty? Mm -hmm. Briny? God, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, my wife would be horrified. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fresh. Yeah. No, like, it when have you yeah. eaten something that fresh, literally? Oh, I mean, that's a cucumber yeah. out of your garden good. Yeah. yeah no, so shocking. Delicious. This Thank is you. Uh, Usually, like, before I do any of this, I kind of scrub this area out. All they're doing is they're held together by suction. Uh huh. Um, and then they have two muscles, one here and one here, which is what I'm breaking That's apart. That's the part, yeah. And they're like essentially holding on like this. Right. But this is the hinge, and you're just kind of trying to release the suction. So then I use this curved tip knife, and just goes in there, and you just push back and twist at the same time. This is, this oyster's doing a back bend, so he's going to give me a little trouble there. So once you release that suction, I usually clean my knife. Yeah. Twist, pop it open, and then you're going to deal with the muscle on top. Yep. And you can either flip your knife and just sort of slide it. Cuts so, that muscle. So you cut the top muscle. Yep. And then see you later. Oh. And then now it has this one. Right. Same one. Just flip it. And then you're good to go. But this is like, this is why this isn't ugly. Right? Because it's doing this back bend. I've lost all the liquor. Can you eat it? Sure. I mean, you're welcome to dive in and eat this one if you like them. Um, but it just doesn't have as much liquor. So some people are like, on a plate, it's... this one looked way better, didn't it? Those are perfect. That yeah. one's like, eh. It's well, yeah. fine. Well, I mean, nothing beats the shell. It's just the prettiest. Look how white that is. It's gorgeous. That is pretty. Yeah, and the belly, as you saw, your first one had its belly was a little bit green. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the algae it's eating. Department <laughs> of Health comes out. Yeah. So to learn about it, make the rules about it. Yeah. We're extremely well regulated. Mm -hmm. We have, every day before we harvest, we have to actually uh, fill out a form, an email form, so that the person that oversees us through the Department of Environmental Services make sure the water quality is clean before oh. he allows us to harvest. So this is every single day, and he has to hear from all of us. We used to have to text him up until last really? year. So this poor guy would just get inundated with calls, emails, and texts, get us on a group, because if anything happens, we need to know when they were harvested, where they were harvested from, sure. et cetera, et cetera. And our handling procedures are super strict. I mean, we have to get them on ice within a certain amount of time. That has to be documented with a consistent time temperature device. Like there are very, very strict rules we have to follow. Sure. Which is awesome for anyone <laughs> living around here that's buying them. Yeah. Some people say like, who are you? This person on the side of the road. I'm like, well, you can look at all the licenses. Like I am legit. These got iced properly and they've been at a consistent temperature and here's right. the recording device and everything. It is very strictly mandated. So what, what is it that you have to text every morning or send? We have, we have to fill out a harvest. Kind 
kind of a harvest request form. Yeah. But there are lots of conditions from like different algaes that would hurt the oysters. Sure. They might float by out in the ocean. There's like these buoys that are deployed that help Department of Environmental Services collect data. Yeah. And they share it from state to state like, hey, something's coming down your way keep an eye on it and then he'll say hey farmers check it out you know we're keeping an eye on it no need to panic right now we're just letting you know if it ever comes close enough we would shut you down until it clears out whatever there are wastewater treatment plants that come in the bay mm -hmm. every time it rains every single thing that we put on the roads with our vehicles always goes to the lowest point so our sewers the rainwater and all this and that an example is if we get over an inch and a half of rain shut down immediately yeah no matter what so then we're all on hold our guy from the DES comes in, checks with all his people who send in a report every day. Anyone that puts anything in this bay sends in a report, as far as I know. He checks it, and then they immediately come out and they do water samples and oyster samples. They go and test, like the next day, they go and test the water. And if the water quality comes back totally fine, we're open for harvest and he reopens it. And so then that day we just say, okay, I want to harvest. And now we're on a list. Something turns out that like, I don't know, somebody ate a mussel or mm -hmm. a fish and got sick. Got sick, yeah. They would check the day. Did any, are you guys fine? Did anything happen? You know, and then they just have these records, yep. right? So they just want to make sure the waters are safe. So if the water samples don't come back, awesome. Or if they're like, eh, just kind of on the verge or just under what the thresholds would be, mm -hmm. he wants to keep us safe and everybody else, yep. which would be fine to open, but he'll then test the oyster flesh. Right. And if that's then fine, then we're good to go. And right. he opens back up. During that period, if it rains again, <laughs> another inch and a half, another event, mm -hmm. we're continued to shut down. So there was construction one year and like a whole bunch of stuff happened. And it was the perfect storm. And I and everyone in this immediate area was shut down for the month of August. You talk about killing your business. So it was just like, great. <laughs> so lots of things can shut it down. It doesn't sure. mean there's maybe anything wrong with them, Yeah. but it's such a well-monitored program. And yeah. that's a good thing. Actually. If they have to shut you down for a period of time, right? Shut everybody down. What, I mean, what does that mean for the oysters that are out here? The oysters are fine. They're, They're fine. completely fine. Okay. And these guys, they pump so fast, so they filter up to about 50 gallons a day in the adult. Okay. Right? Less so when they're smaller, mm -hmm. obviously. If there happened to be something wrong with them, yep. they would essentially pump that right back out. Okay. It's the water that's the issue, not the oyster. It's the water quality, right? Yeah. What the oysters are filtering what's in the water. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, you hear red tide. Then come in here, yeah. knock on wood, often. Well, not since I've been here. It doesn't yeah. quite breach the bay. If it were to come in here, it would wipe them out. Oh, really? That one will kill them. Okay. There are things like diseases that would affect us mm -hmm. if they were sitting in the sun for four hours on an 80-degree day and you pick it up and eat it. Sure. Don't do that. Okay, right? Yeah. Easy way to mitigate that. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> Don't eat the hot oysters missing in the sun. Right. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, that's where the whole thing about eating oysters in the months without an R, you don't do it. Oh, because based on the temperature? They say it's on the wives' tale. It's not. It's, well, it is based on the temperature in yeah. part. So those months are... June, July, August, and those are the hottest months. Mm -hmm. So if there is anything going on and they do sit out and you eat them and you yeah. don't know where you're harvesting them from, yeah. that's a huge problem. Right. Back in the day, there were no regulations, right? You just right. pick up whatever you want. Father did, you yeah. just eat it. Just and that's, and that's eat it. great. Yeah. But yeah. now with everything that we've done to our world, right. you can't really do that anymore. So the regulations that we're so strictly enforced with the oyster handling, mm -hmm. which is what we do all the time with these. They can't be out of the water for a certain amount of time, et cetera, et cetera, if we're going to take them out and harvest them. Yeah. Like I'm fine to take them out like I just did. Right. It's fine, they're going right back in. 
but we get them on ice in a certain amount of time. So in August, mm -hmm. a month without an R, no big deal anymore. Yeah. Also, the oysters spawn when the waters reach a certain temperature. I think it's July. I'm so bad at it. I still haven't seen it, or if I have seen it, I don't know it. But they release the eggs and the sperm, and it all mixes in the water column. I mean, if you're depending on that and no hatcheries yeah. to get all your oysters, I would probably shut down the farm for a few weeks, right? Right, right. So these are sort of the oysters that are in here. So this is one that's been living in its cage forever. See the difference? Yeah, yeah. Definitely a different color. Mm -hmm. This is an anoxic, so that was sitting in the mud. Uh -huh. The ones that are sort of free range, <laughs> they grow beautifully. Yeah. That's like their habitat. They're so happy on the ground. Crabs are the only issue. And they definitely have a different texture. They can be a little more craggy, but they're so pretty. And a lot of them just spread sideways and they're just like these perfect specimens. Free range Color, oysters are the... Totally different. Yeah. All right. So yeah. different algae sitting on them, yeah. growing on them, moving around them. I mean, this guy has this growing off of him. The ones in the cages, more often than not, will never have that. And I imagine, theoretically, they taste different. We had a real uh, palate to identify that or no? You can do it. You can identify it right now for me. I don't know where it went. That's all right. I won't know. No, you're going to try it. Tell me if you... I don't think it's different. But it's that whole thing with the little ones. Do they taste different? I don't think so. Oh, some of these are harder than others. There you go. You all right. Me. I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Much different. Yeah. World. Entirely, it's entirely like different. It's ketchup and mustard. Yeah. No. Do you taste How can you say these are even the same, even the same creature? No, I, I can't tell. Yeah, I can't either. I gotta be honest though, it does, the texture is different and it does have a different feel going down. There you go. Yeah. So maybe they do. And it was less salty. Some people, oh, no kidding. Yeah, no joke, it was, it was no less, joke. it was there less salty. So, you know, this is the lawyer in me. Do you get like a deed? Is there somewhere it's recorded um, that this is your farm yeah, or? We get a license mm -hmm. to use the space. Okay. So it's not a lease, we don't rent it. Like, yeah. well, we pay a fee. Yeah. But again, it's just to use this. They can take it away, fishing game can take it away at any time. And how about the oysters themselves? Scary. The oysters themselves yeah. are my property. Right. Someone can take them, but they would first have to know that they're mine. I see. So that's the hard part about this. You want to tell people they're yours, but you don't want to call attention to your farm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We are such a small industry, and we don't want people to not want us out here, so we keep right. everything underwater level. Yeah. I mean, if you turn around, would you even know there's anything here? No, of course not. I you, mean, you're looking yeah. at eight farms right now, and you have no idea. That's a huge benefit to me. And I think they're neighbors, right? Yeah. Everybody gets the bay. Right. And I think that's why we only get a license to use it, because we don't want to keep anyone else from enjoying this Right. Very small bay compared to <laughs> what some people have. I mean, this is it yeah. for the state, right? So right. we just, this is such a resource and it's so beautiful. Yeah. So we don't want to take over, but it, this is a great use of this mudflat, which is completely unused. Well, this was so fun. I can't thank you enough, Laura. Yeah, it's I, interesting I, enough. <laughs> oh, it's, it's totally, I'm going to put it all together. and, and Make me sound really, really smart. You already do. <laughs>